Hey, um, so we're in, going to be in Luke, I mean in Matthew this morning, and so we're in the third of our little series called um, Prepare Him Room, right? And so as you know, if you've been tracking along with us, um, this is the third Sunday, and we've been talking a lot about this whole, we need to be intentional about making time to meet with Jesus, right? We need to be real intentional. And as you know, some people are real busy at this time of the year, some people intentionally are not crazy busy, um, but it's real easy to, I was reading a, a, an article this last week, and the writer made this really cool point, and they said we can do so much effort during Christmas to imitate the love of God by caring for people, having meals with people and stuff, but we actually forget about really connecting with God. And I was like, man, that's such a good point. Makes sense, eh? We can do a good job trying to be Jesus to people. Meals, Christmas presents and all this, but we actually forget to stop and hang out with Jesus. And I was like, wow, that's so cool. So the whole core of this series, Preparing Rumors, about being intentional about just making time to be with Jesus. So that's where I'm going this morning. Um, let me start with a story um, about not preparing room, right? Um, so as you guys know, we lived in the States for a whole bunch of years, and we had a daughter born over there, Sarade. Um, and so she was born on a Sunday morning, um, and I was meant to be preaching at the church. So I was a youth pastor in the States for like three years um, when we were in Denver, and uh, I was meant to be preaching that Sunday morning, and Joe woke me up. It was about six o'clock in the morning or something, and she's this, and it's that real classic, like on the movies, where it's like, she wakes me up, I'm half asleep, and she's just like, the baby is coming now! And I'm like, ah! And it's like, bags, car, go! Um, so we lived on the fourth floor of this apartment complex in Denver there, and it had the most rubbish elevator in the history of elevators. No one really used it. It was the smallest elevator I've ever seen. You get like two people when you're like this, broke down all the time, so it was like, you just don't use the elevator, right? So we, I think I used it once in the whole three years we were there. So stairs, so we're going downstairs, and, and Joe's at the bottom of every flight, Joe's is just like, <laughs> and I'm just like imagining the baby appearing on the stairs and me, you know, like in a movie, towels, hot water, scissors, I don't know, terrifying. We finally got to the car um, down, it's um, Denver, so it's snowy, it was quite a, um, there's a lot of snow on the ground and stuff, and we get in the car, and then we get in the car, and Joe's changes from like freak out mode to, okay, this is real serious, freak out mode, and she just literally goes, this baby is coming out now. And I was just like, I was absolutely terrified because I was like, the baby's going to be born in my car. It's going to be a mess. Blood, I don't know what comes out. <laughs> no, not really. Really, I was like, thank you, Jesus, because it's like the best excuse. <laughs> so just so everyone knows, who carried that up for me, right? <laughs> Dave, you're in my list of five people. Nah, it's all good. Um, and so I get in the car, and it's like that best thing a guy ever wants to hear. And I was thinking about it this week. I'm like, this is totally Ben Warnock, right? Or maybe Mike, where's Mike? Or maybe Tim Cresswell, who's not here. Tim, if you're listening on the podcast, kia ora, bro. Um, you get in the car, and you're like, we've got every excuse to speed and break the speed limit, right? Because speed limits don't apply. Like, you're a Christian, but no speed limits when your wife is literally about to have a baby in the car. So just flew. So we were flying through downtown Denver. I'm not going to tell you how fast I was going. And... My salvation is based on the reality of Jesus saving me, not my work. So I'm secure in that. I didn't lose my salvation, but got close. And the best part was we went flying past a massive police station. So Denver's a massive city. There's like three million people, police stations everywhere. But one of the big central ones is right on the route we were taking to get to the um, hospital. And as we were flying past, I was just like, oh, it'd be so perfect now if a cop came out pull me over, and I could do the classic movies thing, my, my wife's having a baby, and then we'd get like that escort with the flashing lights and just speeding legally, and nothing happened. So we got to the hospital, ridiculous hospital where, um, so obviously we had to have health insurance um, for Joe having the baby, 
And so we were at this really flash hospital, like, oh my goodness, hospital. And during the whole getting ready to have a baby thing, um, they'd given us tours of the hospital to try and tell you it's going to be amazing. And they had these, like, legit birthing rooms. Like, they were phenomenal. Jacuzzi, TVs, sound. Do you want to bring your own music to play? We haven't, you know what, you're screaming, get this baby out of me. It's like, what's the point of music? All this kind of stuff. And we were like, man, the birthing rooms are so cool. So pull up to the... um, to the hospital, and it was real weird. They didn't have parking, like emergency, I'm having a baby parking. And so we pulled up, and so I had to drop Joe at the foyer and then go and park the car like two blocks away in the, the big high-rise, you know, apartment um, parking thing. So I get, Joe gets out of the car, and she's like, <gasps> you know, walking in, and I'm like, ah, race off in the car, get to the thing, bag, suitcases, sprint back, get to the foyer, no Joe. And I was like, oh my goodness, what's happened? And there was a nurse standing by the elevator, and she just yells out across this ginormous foyer. She's like, are you Mr. Barrow? I'm like, yes. And she's like, run! And I'm like, whoa! So sprint to the elevator, zoom up to the thing, go into um, the room where, where Jose was, and they were just like, there was like seriously a whole bunch of doctors and nurses and stuff. Everything was all good. And they're like, this baby is coming now! And I'm like, I could have told you that like half an hour ago. I've been driving in the car. Anyway. And, um, but then they said, oh, but the problem is... We couldn't prepare him room. Da, da, da. Title of the thing, right? Um, the two birthing suites have uh, got people birthing in them. Who would have thought, right? And they said, so the problem is we're going to have to put you in a storeroom to have the baby. And we were like, really? <laughs> Health insurance? America? What's going on? So it wasn't quite that bad. It was like the backup birthing room when they had too many births. And so they wheeled Joe off at a great speed around. And we were literally in this giant storeroom with like boxes and gloves and storage stuff everywhere and... Saray popped out, which, so Saray, if you know Saray, she's a little bit alternative in her craziness, and she's always, ever since she was little, thought that was the coolest thing ever, like I was born in a storeroom in America, she's like <laughs> legit. The whole point in that ridiculous story is just the preparing room, right? Um, we thought we'd prepared room, but we didn't, we get there, and we're like, Saray's appearing in a, in a storeroom, right? Um, one of the things I just want to keep saying this morning is... Um, if we don't be intentional about preparing room for Jesus this season, then there's just a danger that we're going to get to the end of it and we're going to go, ah, I meant to. I meant to prepare him room. I meant to set aside time to spend with Jesus. I meant to hang out with him, you know, chew over the word, sit on my deck and just listen for Jesus' voice. I intended to prepare him room, but I just, man, the rush of the season, the craziness and everything and... I just kind of missed him, right? Um, we, we just don't want to do that, right? Um, I was saying it last week when I was preaching. We, I, I just don't want to wake up January 1st and just go, oh, did Christmas, good. <laughs> good presents, good tree, good whanau, good food, but I just didn't do Jesus justice, you know? I raced, I zoomed, I, I missed him, which I, I don't want to do that, right? Um, I know you don't want to either, so we want to be intentional about Preparing him room. Hey, so we looked at Isaiah um, uh, last two Sundays, Isaiah chapter 9, which talked about all those cool, remember those four really cool phrases that, that Isaiah used to describe Jesus? So if you missed that, I'd encourage you to jump on the podcast, have a little listen, eh? So um, Dave and I unpacked all those phrases. Um, real good. I, I was going to go over them, but I just kind of want to get into the, the text we were going this morning. Um, and the, the, the cool thing is you see Isaiah describe Jesus in these massive phrases, you know, everlasting father, meaning he's the source of eternity and 
Almighty God, he is the powerful one, all this. And then the next minute you're in Matthew and you're like, it's a baby. <laughs> what happened to everlasting, what happened to Almighty God? It's like this tiny little pointless baby sitting in a, in a thing. And, and one of the things I love about that is this, the incredible humility of Jesus, right? For him to live fully human, to experience what it is to be human, to not cheat as a human, Right? He had to choose not to use a whole bunch of the attributes that Isaiah described he had back in Isaiah chapter 9. Does it make sense? For Jesus to be fully human, he's still totally omnipresent, right? He's totally everywhere, but he chooses not to use that while he's being a human because he can't be omnipresent and experience full humanity. Does it make sense? The same with his omnipotence, right? His all-powerfulness has yeah, makes sense, right? So now we have this little baby coming to be born. Um, I'm going to read from Matthew chapter 1. We're going to read verses 18 to 25, but I just want to set the context a little bit. Um, And we talk about this every Christmas, so I'll go kind of quickly because it's it's pretty well known, I think. Um, First of all, Mary's real young. So Mary would be 12 to 14, maybe 15, but most probably 12 to 14, real young. Um, And she's now telling people, so we're six months on, she's telling people that she's pregnant from God, right? Which in any culture is like, are you nuts? (laughs) Um, but in her culture, especially so, especially so, remember, God has not spoken to anyone for 400 years, right? So 400 years, there's been total silence. There's been no, thus saith the Lord, no miracles being performed, nothing. There's just nothing from God. Then we have the angel to Zechariah, but that's a real isolated little incident. And now Mary is pregnant, and she's telling people, I'm pregnant from God. And there's just no way people would have believed her, right? Elizabeth, her cousin, is the only person that believes her. Um, we're going to see in the text, Joseph totally doesn't believe her. So societally, she'd be totally ostracized. We would expect, but we don't see it in the text, so who knows, we'd expect her to be kicked out of her family because she's literally sleeping around out of wedlock and all this. It's pretty terrible, right? Um, And one of the things I always think of is that is like, man, sometimes God asks us to carry some heavy burdens, right? (laughs) Um, Being a Christian is not all just like, Jesus, yay. (laughs) Sometimes God asks us to carry some heavy stuff um, with him, and, and, and this is one of the ones. So first of all, she's pregnant from God. No one would believe that. Um, second, she's real young, and so in their culture, women are almost possessions, right? Um, and so she's now just even down further, because she's sleeping around. That's what people would think, so messed up, right? Um, Elizabeth, her cousin, has become pregnant, as Murray read. Thanks, heaps, Murray. Um, and she's past childbearing. And so one of the things I love in, the, in the, the story of the birth of Jesus is you have these two m- miracle babies. At one end, you have... Mary having um, a miracle baby when she's not even having sex. So the Holy Spirit overshadows her, whatever that means, right? We have this miracle down this end. And then at the other end of the, the human life spectrum, if you like, we have Elizabeth. And when you read in Luke, the Greek words that you, Luke uses there literally means she cannot have children anymore. So she's now so old, she's gone through the whole menopause and all that weird woman stuff, right? So she literally cannot have babies. But yet again, with God, all things are possible. And you have these two miracle babies at each end of this kind of thing. So pretty cool. Hey, so let me read um, Matthew. So if you've got your Bible, hey, jump over to Matthew 1. That would be cool. Then that's good to follow along, make sure what I'm saying is legit, eh? Matthew 1, 18 to 25. So I'm going to read a little bit and then um, talk about it, read a little bit, talk about it. So let me read this. Matthew 1, um, verse 18. This is how Jesus the Messiah was born. Um, his mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, 
she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. So just so you know, and I think most of us know this because we hear this every year, but the engagement period in Jewish culture at this time takes a year, right? You guys know this? Yeah? So you get married, in quotes, um, and then the, um, and the, the uh, marriage is normally set up by the parents, and then the, the wife would still stay with her parents, the man would stay with his parents, um, and normally it would be for a year. And the whole point in this was to, to prove that she's pure, that she hasn't been sleeping around, that she is a virgin. And so you've got this long period of time. They would, they'd be courting and dating and stuff with lots of chaperones and all this stuff, but there's this whole year. So this is during this time, which the whole point of this is f- to prove that um, Mary is a virgin is when she becomes pregnant. So the whole society is like watching, <gasps> and they know, in quotes, that she's been sleeping around, right? Which makes this just terrible. Um, verse 19, Joseph, to whom she was engaged, and I love this, was a righteous man. The word righteous there means like upright, of good standing. Right? He's legit. He's a really good guy. Um, he was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. So the disgracing her publicly is just by breaking off the wedding, which in their society is like the worst thing that could happen to a young woman. It literally would mean she's just thrown aside societally because no one's going to want to marry her after that because... You know, discard it. It's pretty, but he's like, he doesn't want to do it. He wants to do it quietly and um, kind of under the, under the cover, right? He's, he's legit. He really cares for um, Mary. Verse 20 says, As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Which is real interesting, right? Totally different to Mary, totally different to Zechariah. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. Um, I don't think he really understands a lot of that, but... We're going to see later on he's going to obey, right? Um, the thing I want to just bounce around for a little bit is this whole hearing the voice of God. So if you think about it, in the New Testament already we've had three different people hear from God and respond in different ways. So if you go back, we've had Zechariah. He's the first one. So we've had 400 years of silence. Remember Zechariah? He's in the temple offering incense, and an angel appears to Zechariah and says you can have a baby. And Zechariah is literally like... <laughs> Because he's super old and his wife is super old, underlined, green arrows pointing at it, written in red. She's real past it. And so when the angel comes, he's just like, as if. And the angel's like, because you didn't believe me, mute, zap. And then he's like, oh. well, he wouldn't have even done that. He'd be like, <laughs> if you're on the podcast, I was pretending to talk, but I can't talk, whatever. Um, so you got Zachariah, right? He hears and, and he responds. And then the next person that hears from God is Mary. Again, same idea, same way, right? An angel visits Mary. We don't know where. Uh, maybe, I always imagine it's in her room, but I don't know why that, because they only had one-room houses, so it'd be super weird. Maybe out in, the, in a field somewhere, eh? And, and again, the angel speaks. She hears God, and she responds. And she doesn't question. It's real interesting. Zachariah should have known better. He's a priest. But this young girl just goes, yep, may it be to me, as you've said, I'm the Lord's servant. And you're just like, whoa. Because she understands what's coming, right? She understands the societal, Joseph, and so on and so on. Um, the next person is Elizabeth, right? So remember in the story, Murray read it really well, eh? And in, um, in Luke, we have Elizabeth, is, it says, filled with the Holy Spirit. And then she speaks from this guidance of the Holy Spirit. She hears from God, right? And she speaks. And, then, and we have that cool bit where the baby leaps for joy in her womb. And she knows it's joy. It's not just like, oh, too much pizza last night, sorry. She knows that this is... This is God speaking to her, and she responds. And then the next person says, so real different ways, right? And then the next person is Joseph. And Joseph has this dream, and the angel comes to him in a dream, and he hears from God, right? Um, so this is what I want to just kind of bounce around a little bit this morning. The voice of God will be heard by those who listen for him, right? The voice of God will be heard by those who listen for him. 
Um, the question is not, is God speaking to me? The question is, am I listening, right? The question's not, is God speaking to me? The question is, am I listening, right? He's always speaking. Um, I was listening to a podcast this week um, called from the Art of Manliness. Anyone listen to the Art of Manliness podcast? No? Oh, my gosh. Who are you people? Let me just judge you all with my judging eyes for a minute. No. Um, so The Art of Manliness is probably one of my favorite podcasts. Um, heaps of ladies listen to it, which they shouldn't be allowed to. But um, it's by a guy, Brett, over in the States. And he just interviews real interesting people from all over the planet. And sometimes it's like real like, oh, manly stuff. Yes, I lift rocks. Um, but heaps of times, like the one I listened to a couple of weeks ago, he was interviewing a professor in the States who's a specialist in, chi- in, in ancient Chinese war theory. And they were talking about the art of war and how that applies to business and life. It was a fascinating interview, right? And the one I was listening to last week, he was interviewing a guy called Joseph McCormick, um, who's written a book called Brief, right? Which is, the title works, Brief? Anyway. Um, and there, the podcast was called The Power of Brevity in a Noisy World. And what they were talking about, I just found it real fascinating. And, and this guy, Joseph, was talking about how we're in, in a culture now of being communicated at for every second that we're awake. And when he said it, I was like, oh, man, that makes sense, but I hadn't kind of thought about it. And then he said, if you think about your day, when you go through your day, you're being communicated at almost from the second you wake up until the second you go to sleep, whether it's the radio, whether it's TV, whether it's people talking at you in an office or a supermarket or a cafe or whatever, Um, whether it's on your phone, whether it's road signs, billboards, blah, 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 blah. There's just visual and audible communication at you just constantly, boom, 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 right? And then he said this phrase that I was driving and almost drove off the road, which would have been disastrous, but he said this, um, when it comes time for someone to communicate, he's really meaning real communicate, when it comes time for someone to communicate, you have to be able to cut through the clutter. When, and this next phrase is really good, this quote. When the world is so noisy, it's almost like people start to become deaf. And I was like, man, that just felt like such a good summary of where a lot of us are at at the moment in society. And the point he was making is when you go to communicate to someone, you need to be brief, you need to be clear, you need to be concise, because they're just being bombarded by so much information. If you are too verbose, they're just like, it's more noise. Um, and I thought this is a really cool way of that God speaks to us, right? <laughs> Often when God speaks to us, we might hear him audibly, we hear him in our soul, um, different ways. To me, God is always concise and, and real clear. I love that, eh? Um, I'll look at a couple of verses that uh, talk about this. So here's the first one, John 10. You guys know this verse super well, right? John 10, 27. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. And if you look through John 10, he's talking the whole way about us being sheep and, and following the, the shepherd and stuff. But the thing I love about this verse is this, this clear message. My sheep listen to my voice, right? They listen to my voice. And I think often we focus on Jesus speaking and he's the good shepherd, but here he He's flipping it and he's saying, yeah, but the key in hearing the voice of God is not Jesus being the shepherd and the talking. It's us being wise sheep who listen for his voice, right? Um, I was talking to Craig Stewart this week. You all know Craig, right? Um, And just so you know, whenever I talk about someone in church, I've already asked them. I don't just, like I talked about Lucas last week. I didn't just start talking. Lucas is like, what the, what's he going to say about me? I always converse with them. Or like, I talked about Jeremy. Talk to Jeremy. Is it okay to say this? He's like, no. And then I say it anyway. Nah. Um, and I was talking to Craig this week, and I asked him if I could share this story. And um, so Craig lives in uh, Tamahiri, and he works out at uh, Pukete, so north, um, south north. Um, and so he rides to work most days, and takes him about an hour to ride in. And we were talking about it, and after I called him 
crazy and ridiculous a whole bunch of times. Um, that's a long ride, there and back, like an hour there, an hour back. It's nuts, right? Are you with me? Anyone? Yeah. Grant? Now, see, Grant's a mountain biker. You're not. He's like, wow, yeah, that's nothing. I do that before breakfast every day. Anyway, you probably do. Moving on. Um, so I was talking to Craig about his ride, and I was like, is it good? Do you enjoy it? And he's like, oh, bro, it's like my favorite time of hanging out with Jesus. And I was like, why? Tell me what's happening. And he goes, he goes I call myself the, um, oh, now I've lost the word. Wait, to the notes. Oh, where'd it go? The nattering cyclist. That's it. He goes, I call myself the nattering cyclist because he said the whole way I'm riding in um, from Tamahiri, and he said his favorite parts is down by the river where he's riding along the river there. Um, he said, I'm just talking to Jesus and listening to Jesus the whole way. And he said, I just love it. I love getting on the bike. And I was like, man, that's so intentional, right? You see heaps of cyclists with headphones on, listening to goodness knows what, probably our podcast, Kia ora, cyclist, nah, listening to whatever. But Craig's being real intentional about preparing him room, right, about making time to talk to Jesus, to listen to Jesus, to listen to the voice of, of his shepherd as he's weaving and running over people, you know, on the, the river trail. I love that, eh, this being intentional about it, right? It's cool. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they, they follow me. Um, I went for a run on Friday afternoon, so um, went to Nick's. Where's Nick? Yeah, shot, bro. So Nick graduated. I don't know if we've mentioned it. I was out greeting people when you were doing the announcements. So Nick graduated. He's been in school of worship leading for a couple of years, doing a diploma in like worship leading and worship and all that cool stuff. And he graduated on Friday night, which was like phenomenal. Led a song with everyone singing at the big graduation. It was super cool. Um, so I'd gone over and dropped Joseph off at four because she was working at the college, getting ready. And then I went off to the bush to have a run. And it was my favorite trail, right? It's up top of the Kaimais, the north-south trail, anyway. And I always do this thing when I'm running, always praying for different people and everything. And I'd stop and text some comedian in the church, hey, praying for you, whatever. Keep running. And then I often do this thing where I just, um, just try and listen to Jesus and be real quiet before him. Um, sometimes I'll, I'll out loud talk and ask him questions and stuff. Um, and this is super weird, so feel free to judge me if you want. I don't really care. Often I imagine that Jesus is running along with me, and it makes it more like I can just chat to him. I don't know. It's cool. He's with me. Whether I, I visualize it or not, it doesn't matter. And there was this one bit where for about 10 minutes, we just had the coolest, and we went, I wasn't saying anything. I didn't hear anything from God, but just the feeling of the presence of Jesus with me as I'm I was going to say sprinting, slowly walking, I'm getting old, um, through the bush was just phenomenal, man. I was just listening, right? Um, and I was thinking at one, because heaps of times I see hunters up there, and I had the goosiest smile on my face. It felt like one of those ones where you're like, I need to stop smiling because my jaw's getting sore, because I was just like, this is so cool listening to Jesus and hanging out. Ah! And then I was like, I'm going to come around the corner, and there'll be a hunter with his gun and like a dead animal on his back, and he'll be like, hey, you know, so like, hey bro, ah! you know, so... I didn't see any hunters. I just like, again, being intentional, right? It's about being intentional. Um, I don't want to get to January 1st and go, oh, I didn't prepare him room. I missed him. Um, here's another verse that you guys know real well. Um, this is from John or Juan 16. And when I read this, um, let me go back. When I read this, I want you to look for how many times uh, it talks about the Spirit talks to us or tells us or guides us, right? It's just, a, it's an... Like every little phrase, it's just like boom, 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 right? And again, one of my main things this morning is the question's not, is God speaking to me? The question is, am I listening for his voice, right? So you look at this. This is Jesus speaking. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you. There you go. He'll guide you into all truth. He'll not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard. He'll tell you about the future. He'll bring 
me glory by telling you whatever he receives from me. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That's why I said the Spirit will tell you whatever he receives from me. And you see it in there? It's just this constant tell, speak, tell, teach. Um, God is speaking to us all the time in different ways, right? Different ways. Um, I don't know that many of us have had an angel appear like in our bedroom. Wow. In a dream. But God speaks in all sorts of different ways. A lot of us, I think, are more like Elizabeth where in our gut we just know God is speaking to us. He's guiding us or challenging us and stuff. I I just love that, eh? So this is that, that key phrase I've been saying. The voice of God will be heard by those who listen to him, right? The voice of God will be heard by those who listen to him. Um, I want to just bounce through a few quotes. I love quotes. Anyone just a quote nerd? Anyone? Is this me? There's a few of us. Shot Roz. A few cool people. The rest of you, not cool. Cool Shot, see? A few of us are cool. I just love quotes. And so here's some cool quotes of my favorite quotes about listening and hearing God. Um, this first one's from Rick Warren, who is just the man. Um, we often miss hearing God's voice simply because we aren't paying attention. I was like, that's just classic, right? That's exactly what I'm talking about. God's talking, but sometimes we just miss him. And it's like, I haven't heard from God for a whole month. And it's like, did you make time to listen to him? Well, no, but you know, it's like, well, duh. Shot Rick Warren. Here's the next one. Um, A.W. Tolzer, he's an old um, digger. He said, if you do all the talking when you pray, how will you ever hear God's answers? I love that, hey? If you do all the talking when you pray, how will you ever hear God's answers? Again, praying is cool. Obviously, um, talking in prayer is really cool, but shutting up in prayer is awesome too. And just listening, eh? Just listening. It can be real hard sometimes. Um, something I practice, and I'm, I like suffer from verbal diarrhea, right? You can tell that. And so sometimes when I try and stop and be quiet and just listen, I'm just like, Whoa, I just want to say or do something. And I'm like, no, but I'm working on listening. I love that, eh? If you do all the talking when you pray, how will you ever hear God's answers? And this last one's from Priscilla um, Schreier. I love this one. Having your spiritual radar up in constant anticipation of his presence, even in the midst of the joyful chaos and regular rhythms of your everyday living, is paramount in hearing God because sometimes the place and manner you'd find him is the least spectacular to expect. I'll read it again, eh, because it's kind of a grunty one. Having your spiritual radar up in constant anticipation of his presence even in the midst of the joyful chaos and regular rhythms of your everyday living, is paramount in hearing God, because sometimes the place and manner you find Him is the least spectacular to expect. I love that, eh? I love that. We've got to be intentional, but so often God will come to us when we least expect it, and we'll be like, wow, I just know God is speaking to me on this. I know God's challenging me. I know God's encouraging me. Why? Because I'm, I'm really listening to Him, right? I'm listening to Him. Hey, let's carry on in Matthew one, and I want to finish um, out reading this. I'll start on verse 20 again, and, and then we're going to go to the end. Uh, As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. And she'll have a son, and you are to name him Jesus. Well, for he will save his people from their sins. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. And this is from Isaiah, right? Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they'll call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. Now, verse 24, I nearly, I'm not Dave, right? I know Dave cannot get through a service without crying, which is awesome. Whoa, that's awesome. We love you, Dave. Um, I'm the other side, right? But whenever I read this next verse, I just about cry, because this to me is one of the most beautiful verses in the Bible. When Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary as his wife. 
But he did not have sexual relations with her until her son was born, and Joseph named him Jesus. And you've got to rest in the reality of Joseph going to Mary, right? I get... Uh, this is, I've said to you before, I really hope when we get to the new heavens and new earth, we can watch video replays of things, like video replay of creation, watching that on God's amazing TV, you'd be amazing, right? Video replay of um, part in the Red Sea, you know, all this cool stuff, right? But this is one I really, really want to watch, right? Because I want to watch Joseph wake up and just go, oh my God, he's just been speaking to God. I'm not saying that blasphemously, oh my God. She wasn't lying. <laughs> the woman I loved, she wasn't lying. Oh, and how have I treated her? How's the town treated her? Oh, my goodness, how many times have I said to her, come on, just tell me the guy. Could you just tell me the guy you were sleeping with? I just want to know. Can you just be, it's God. No, no, yeah, I know the God lie story. Mary, come on, could you just, you know what I mean? How many convos that they had, and now he wakes up. My, in my bizarre imagination, I imagine him waking up at like two or three in the morning and just being like, ah! You know, he's like, oh my gosh! She wasn't lying! Woo! You know? And then he's like, robes on and sprinting through the town, which is totally culturally terrible. Like a man in their culture doesn't run, which is why the prodigal son story, when he runs, is like, oh my gosh! Sprinting and just banging on the door and being like, Mary! Mary! You told the truth! I love you! You know, I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe he was more... Like, cool, and me, and he just kind of went down there and was like, Mary, the Lord has spoken. You know, I don't know, but I just love it, eh? I love this. I love this. Um, here's the other side of the story. <sighs> Imagine Mary's heart. <laughs> the only person that believes her from the story we can tell is Elizabeth, right? Everyone else would have gone, either you lying insert horrible word, I won't say, or would have just looked at her in disgust and in judgment because she's pregnant, out of wedlock, blah, blah, blah. And now the man that she seems to love, the idea we get from the text, comes and says, oh, man, I'm so sorry, you are right all along. And <laughs> just imagine her little heart, or big heart, I don't know, you know, just going, oh, thank you, God, for Elizabeth. Thanks for bringing Elizabeth into my life when I really needed someone to believe me. And now thank you for... Revealing this to Joseph. One of my questions on this is always, why did God wait so long? Why did God wait so long on this? God could have had the angel come to Mary and then the same night or the same day, Joseph has the dream of the angel. But instead, God's doing something in that time, right? God's timing is often really crazy, but his timing is always really good, right? One of the things I love in this text too is there's no way that Joseph fully understood what the angel means by, you'll call him Jesus, and he'll save his people from his sins, he would have not understood that at all, right? Um, there's just no way he would get that. Even the whole Jewish nation doesn't understand that, the whole life of Jesus, trying to tell them who he is. They still don't get it. Um, we see later on in the gospel story, um, Jesus' brothers try and come take him almost forcefully because they think he's lost his mind with this whole Son of God, Messiah stuff. So it's very unlikely that Joseph understands who the heck this baby is, Right? But this is one of the cool things to me. Joseph did not fully understand God's voice, but he did fully obey God's voice, right? I love that. There's no way he understood fully what God was saying, but he obeys fully, right? And for Joseph, this is kind of like societal suicide. For him to now go to Mary and say, yep, I'm going to marry you. I'm going to take you as my wife. They seem to break the one-year societal thing. It's meant to be this whole year. They seem to break that, and she just comes with him now because the next minute we know they're off into... Bethlehem to have the baby. Um, 
You imagine what the townspeople would have said. They're just like, what? You've been lying all along. So it was you all along. All this time you've been like, no, Mary's saying it was God. It wasn't me, not me, and now you're taking her. So he knows all this. But I love it. He hears the voice of God real clearly. Um, and he obeys. Man, I just, I just love that. Eh? Hey, let me finish. Um, let's stand up. Etu, let's all stand. Let me karakia here. Um, I just want to finish with this phrase I've been putting up, eh? The voice of God will be heard by those who listen. The voice of God will be heard by those who listen, right? Um, where do you go to hear the voice of God, right? I talked about this a bit last week, eh? But for all of us, it's real different. So where's that place you know when you go there, you hear the voice of God? Is it an old church? And you know when you walk in there, you're just like, Hi, God. <laughs> Is it nature? For heaps of people, it's nature. They know when they get to a park or out in the bush somewhere. They just, it's just the way God's wired them. They just connect with him. Um, for some people, it's just a quiet place at your house. Maybe it's on your deck you know, somewhere and just quietness with him. For some people, it's community. Some people are like, oh, when I meet up with such and such a friend, that's when I experience God, man. For some people, it's when they serve. Oh, when I'm serving, I just know God is working through me and we connect, and I'm listening to his guidance. So for you, what's that place you need to go? What, what do you need to be doing to really hear from God? Like I've been saying, hey, we want to prepare him room. We want to be intentional about listening for the voice of God. He's speaking. The question is, are we listening, or are we just running so hard trying to be Jesus to people in this season? Get the perfect gift. Get the perfect feast. <laughs> but we're going to miss him, and he's talking. <laughs> He's guiding. He's reminding us of stuff. So just be thinking for a second. Where's that place you go? For me, it's the bush. I know. I just get in the bush, and I'm just like, oh. Um, but for you, where's that place you go? And when you get there, you're just like, oh, hey, Jesus. <laughs> How's it going? Okay, now I want you to think of a time <laughs> this week. I'm trying to be super intentional this morning, right? What's the time this week? Think you, most of us can have our calendar roughly in our head. What's the time this week where you can go, okay, I'm going to get up early Tuesday morning or after work Wednesday I'm going to go or whatever it is. Okay, Thursday night I'm going to, after dinner with the whanau, I'm going to go and sit on the back deck and that's going to be my Jesus. What's that thing for you? There's heaps of old churches that are open all over town all the time. Um, so just think for a second, what, what's that place you go? Where do you need to be when Jesus talks to you? And then what's the time this week where you could make to, to go and be with him and, and experience him and hear from him, eh? And when you go there, pray, but then like um, was said in those quotes, we need to be quiet and listen to him. Let me pray, eh? Here, kororia ki matua, ki te tamaiti, ki te wairua tapu. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. Your mighty God, we're in, honestly, we're in awe that you would speak to us, eh? I, I always think, man, surely you've got better things to do than talk to me. Um, but you just don't, which is wild. Um, you care about every one of us in this room. You care about everyone listening to this podcast. And you just so want to communicate with us, not just be part of the noise of society, but really communicate to us, speak to us in the depths of our soul, guide us, direct us. Remind us you've got our back. 
Remind us that we're awesome, even though we might doubt it. Remind us that we're doing way better than we think we are. Help us to be intentional about making some time to hear you um, this week, God. Yeah, thanks. Pray this in the name of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.